Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Carry On Cast. This is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church. I am Pastor Megan, and I am here with... Pastor Gary Dreyer. And... Pastor Mary Sue Dreyer. Oh, it's good to be back with the two of you today. We are having fun uh, talking about... Talking about Jesus. We just <laughs> <laughs> Which is right. Yeah, I mean, it's not wrong. It's the Sunday school answer, right? What's the answer to the question? It's always Jesus. Sounds like a squirrel, but it's probably <laughs> it's got a Jesus. Tail. It lives in a tree. What is it? It's Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, friends, if you want to hear that joke, you just make sure to ask us another time. Uh, no, we are talking about our current sim- sermon series, which is Grow in Faith. We are talking about faith practices, those things that we do in our our daily life as Christians that support us and encourage us and teach us as we continue to grow in our faith. Um, we've talked about prayer and reading scripture. We've talked about fellowship and giving. Uh, this week we get to talk about service, that that beautiful and meaningful act of showing love and care to our neighbors. Uh, so this week we are in the book of Romans. We're just jumping all over the place. Uh, Pastor Gary, um, I don't know how forthcoming I have been in this podcast, but uh, I don't always get along very well with Paul the author of Romans. So I'm I'm going to let you talk about Paul so that so that I can sit over here and scowl a bit. <laughs> yeah, go oh, ahead. You, yeah, you, go want, ahead. you want me to just jump in, man. Tell me <laughs> Tell me everything so I don't have to talk about it. <laughs> Lift Why don't we start with her heart. The, yes. Yeah, encourage heart. me. Yeah. <laughs> So, Mary Sue, you want to start by reading the text that's before us? Sure. Absolutely. It's Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21. So, hang on. Here we go. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers. (sighs) Big breath. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Can I just pause for a moment and and observe, is Paul possibly suggesting um, service out of full-scale spite just to make the people who are jerks to you feel even worse about themselves? Is that sort of what's going on there? Keeping coals of fire. Yeah, Yeah. burning coals on their heads. I've always kind of cracked up at that because it's almost like Paul is is advocating for... um, 
just kind of showing off how good and nice you are, especially to those people who are real stinkers. Um, feels kind of petty, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I actually dug into that just a little bit oh, because really? I was wondering the same oh, thing. Oh, my goodness. And um, this coals of fire thing is an Old Testament symbol of shame. And it's it's got like um, a couple different purposes. Um, coals of fire as that uh, symbol of shame can either intensify the punishment or lead to repentance and conversion. Oh. So if our enemy is hungry, feed them. I'm not quite sure how Paul jumped to a symbol of intensifying shame um, or in, uh, a symbol of shame intensifying punishment or leading to repentance or conversion. But knowing Paul, um, I'm thinking that he's really referring to the second one, that yeah. trying to um, invite enemies to not be enemies anymore by um, feeding them and showing them the love of Christ. Yeah, if somebody offends me or hits me and in return I'm kind to them, uh, perhaps that would lead them to repent their their cruel to me. Is that what you're maybe saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so sort of a bearing witness to your love and faith in the gospel, the grace and mercy shown to us in Jesus by extending mm -hmm. that same grace and mercy <gasps> even to sinners um, by showing love and service even to your enemies. Mm -hmm. That makes me almost want to like Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but then we can back up and find a few other. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I can find other reasons to argue with Paul. But in this moment, that's that could be really lovely. That's a really uh, gracious and challenging invitation. So well, Mary, and so, go ahead. I think also it's it's interesting. He's not saying that we intentionally heap coals of fire on their head. I think what he's suggesting is that if they view you as an enemy and you come along and they're starving and you feed them, that it's likely that will make them feel um, less animus, yeah. animosity yeah. toward you. So he's not suggesting it out of pettiness. He is suggesting it simply out of serve and love your neighbor and who knows in that yes. act. Mm -hmm. See what make, God does with it. They, yeah, God, see what God does with it. I like that. It, it is written, as that verse you know, says before, vengeance is mine, I will replace it. Pay, says the Lord. So <laughs> if vengeance is due, let it be God's job, yes. not mine. My job is to love and serve my neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well said. Oh, I'm just summing up you. That's all <laughs> I'm doing. Um, so, Pastor Gary, is what's the context in which Paul is saying such well, you, possibly gracious things? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give him that much credit. <laughs> well, I want to come back to that idea that maybe we respond in a loving manner. Mm. The In verse 19, beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave... Uh, room for the wrath of God is not what it says in the Greek. Wait, what? No, you no, mean to tell me that translations are not perfect? Decidedly unperfect. Oh, no. This, this isn't even a, an, a variant in the Greek. This is just flat out. The words of God are not there. <gasps> the real verse should go like this. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for anger. And it, it oh. amazes me how people want to... Um, soften things because they think anger is bad. Anger is not bad. I 
it, it seems to me, too, if we're going to keep with the theme of serving, if you're going to serve people and perhaps even serve people who have been on the short end of injustice mm-hmm. and who have been uh, downtrodden and you try to help them, somebody is going to come along and get in your way. And that ought to make you mad. And so I think that what's really being said there is your job is not to give vengeance. Your job, well... Don't be afraid to be angry. Right. But your job is to serve even those who are cruel to you. It's a, it, it reminds me of uh, the writer to the Ephesians says, advises, be angry, but do not sin. And there's nothing wrong with being angry. And let out. And, and that goes along with what you were saying, Pastor Megan, that uh, our job is to not be vengeance, vengeful. Our job even if we get angry, our job is just to be loving. I was talking to someone not too long ago who uh, was so frustrated that uh, in our politics, there is so much anger mm. in politics right now. And she said, we Christians, why can't we be angry? And I said, well, you can be. Your job is to be angry also. And she says, well, what's the difference? I said, well, for Christians, we are to love. You can be angry but we never give up on love. Absolutely. Wow. Mary, Mary Sue, I have a question for you. The context of of so many of Paul's letters, he starts out by saying how gracious we should be, how graceful God is, mm. how forgiving God is, and that the law hardly doesn't even matter anymore because we're saved by grace. And then he ends up with so many of his letters by giving all kinds of advice and commands, do this, don't do that. <laughs> what, what, what you read on that one? Well, it's the, I think the first part of Romans, actually chapters 1 through 8, really set out Paul's theological argument that we are justified by faith because of God's righteousness. That's the grace piece. But we are freed then from our sin, and we are freed from sin and for something right? From and for. And so we are freed for praising God and serving our neighbor. I mean, we have 100% of our time on our hands because we don't have to work for our, for our salvation. Amen. So you've got your <laughs> salvation, folks. You, have, you can praise God for that by showing God's love to your neighbor. And so for the, for the last part of Romans 12, chapters 12 to 15, Paul's drawing out the implications of this freedom for that God has given us through justif- be, being justified by grace. Does that answer yeah, what yeah, you were asking? Well, and that's, I mean, Romans was a big deal to, to Martin Luther, as I recall, another Correct. person with whom I often fight, uh, maybe because okay. Luther likes Paul so much. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but but, but the, the point is that it, as, as Luther really dives into Romans, that's where he finds this, this real, I think, support for his sort of Reformation breakthrough that we don't do all these good things. We don't serve our neighbor. We don't give and care and, and work because we're trying to earn something. Service is not what we do to earn God's favor. God's favor is ours. It has been given us as a gift. This is that's that salvation, that favor, that that gift of mercy and grace is ours. It is Mm -hmm. unconditional. It belongs to us. 
well, but then what about our neighbor? Like, if we're not going to serve our neighbor because we have to in order to earn our salvation, do we just say, well, stinks to be you, buddy. Good luck and walk away. Um, No, no. Paul and Luther and, you know, generations of good Christian theologians would say, "Our, our neighbor still needs to be loved. Our neighbor still needs to be cared for. That those things are still true. God's God's love comes through us for the sake of our neighbor. You serve your neighbor now not because you're trying to get brownie points with God. You serve your neighbor now because it needs doing. Because God loves them. Yes! And so that's why Luther wrote this wonderful essay called The Freedom of the Christian. We do it out of freedom. We're not, it's not out of the compulsion that we have to make so many points with God so that we um, get our name written in the book of life. Right. We are free, and that also kind of opens the floodgates of service, right? We can, we are really free to love as God loves. Absolutely. There's that. Can I put you on the spot? What's the famous line from Freedom of the Christian? The Christian is a dutiful. Oh, oh, I was just going to say, isn't that isn't that where Luther comes with us all? A a Christian is a a a servant to all, beholden to all. A Christian is a servant to none, beholden to none. There's the sense you don't owe nobody nothing, but at the same time you owe everything to everyone. Right. Perfectly free, servant of all, subject to none. Mm. Perfectly free, free. No, perfectly free Lord of all, subject to none. Perfectly free servant of all, subject to all. Yeah. yeah. This is the. And this if is that's the not right and. for a theologian out there listening, Shh, you got the idea. It's okay. It's close <laughs> enough. Don't, do not email Pastor Mary Sue Dreyer at with your. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's that beautiful both and, I think, that Lutheran theology, right. it, it makes it so infuriating, but also so beautiful to say that we as Christians living our free lives are also totally living lives of of being beholden to each other you know we owe each other and it's not that we owe each other because it's this like you scratch my back i scratch your situation it's that we owe each other in that there is this this debt of of love that we continue to pay over and over to Mm -hmm. each other that is why we care that is why we serve the debt of love yeah the next chapter in romans yeah paul says oh no one anything except love except to love love. that's Nice, nice it's almost Pastor like Megan. even though he and I fight, I actually pay attention to him sometimes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Pastor Mary Sue is, um, I'll, I'll out you. You're the, you're the preacher this week. Woo-hoo. What's a, what's a takeaway for you as you look at this passage, especially as you think about service? One of the takeaways is that often when we think about service, it's, it's kind of like what you said last week, Pastor Megan, when we talk about um, cheerful giving. Immediately we start getting a little bit nervous, mm-hmm. like it's a big mm-hmm. should, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be kind of guilt-producing, or um, somebody actually might just say, I've got all I, I can do to hang on week to week, now you're asking something else of me. Mm-hmm. And I think the um, one of the takeaways for me, and we'll talk a little bit about this on Sunday, is that in those verses where I was reading and reading and then took a great, great big breath and read on and read on, yeah. this is like um, Paul, listening into a brainstorming session that Paul's doing. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he's going on and on and on. And then, and another thing, and, and, or we could do this or, or, or maybe that. And there's a certain excitement mm. to it that I think um, you miss very often when you get clouded with the shoulds or feeling so depleted. This is an invitation to full life that God can give us when we are God's hands and feet yeah. and such in the world. And oh. can I talk about participles now? Oh. <laughs> I, I was, was saying, just can can we possibly make the transition from that desperate enthusiasm of Paul to my English writing major infuriating frustration that Paul cannot ever end a sentence. Um well, actually, Pastor Gary, take it away. But, well it actually fits for the enthusiasm like how mm. you said Paul was on a roll or I don't remember how you said it. But this the first like eight or nine verses it's not even a sentence yeah it's not like the sentence goes on and on it's not a sentence there isn't a verb there are just nouns adjectives and participles and it's likely we don't know for certain that paul dictated many of his letters to ascribe um and that enthusiasm, you can just see it because he just made participle, 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 burning in the spirit, serving in the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in <laughs> suffering, persistent in prayer. And you could just see him walking around getting excited. Fourth and, of July, boom, yeah, boom, yeah. boom, and another idea. And how about this one? And, and what's neat about that excitement is that he's excited about servanthood. Yeah. And it's also not meant to be a checklist. Like if, as we read this, we kind of go, I can't possibly do yeah, all that. You lost me at hold fast to what is yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is like you don't pick everything on the menu yeah. when you sit down at a restaurant either. Yeah. We are each called to discern of these many things that it takes the whole body of Christ to do, mm. which one or ones God might be calling us to do, recognizing that it takes all of us, as it says earlier in the 12th chapter, um, all are members of one body, yes. and we are all um, members of each other. Yeah. So let's do this together, folks. So I hear this lesson, or at least these first handful of verses, verses you know, 9 through 13 or 9 through 12, um, gets read at weddings a lot because you know if you do a google search for bible verses that talk about love mm, yeah, yeah let mm -hmm. love be genuine ta-da it must be a wedding verse mm -hmm. um to those of you <laughs> who read this in your wedding it was very meaningful and i'm really glad you did the the catch is that when you hear these verses in a wedding it sounds starts to sound pastor mary sue exactly like that like this is the checklist you and your married life as you serve and care for each other in this particular level of commitment that you are making uh you must Check, let love be genuine. Check, hate what is evil. Check, hold fast to what is good. Love each other with mutual infection. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. That's, that is too much. Yeah. I, it's, I, I can't, oh, that is too much. And I will even often in a wedding homily call that out and say, um, this is too much to expect uh, mm. on any one day from any mm. one couple. This mm -hmm. is a life's work. This is done in community, surrounded by and supported by these people who are here today, who love and care for you. And, and it's not just specific to weddings, folks. It's true for us all. Right. We do not achieve all of these things in any one day or week or year or sometimes even lifetime. These are things we strive for right. that we continue to do, but that we do, like you said, Pastor Mary Sue, in community, trusting that others will do other work that is good 
for the body of Christ and the mission of God at work in the world. It's it's who we hope to be, you know, as a not just as individuals, but as a as a faith community here. I think too. What, it's, I, what I like about that is that we're not static. We we're going to grow in yes. this. We're going to grow in faith. <gasps> What almost like the almost like the the sermon series that we're in almost like the mission statement of the congregation it is like we planned it or something <laughs> Pastor Gary <laughs> well say it then Pastor Meg well then I will say that as we as we hear this lesson in in worship this week and as we hear Pastor Mary Sue's sermon mostly it's just my hope that these are things that that don't weigh you down that don't make you feel guilty, that don't make you feel like you're failing yourself or someone else or even God. I hope that these things feel like an invitation, that you, as you reach out in service, as you care and love for your neighbor, that you see it as an opportunity, something that you are free to do, something that you are welcome to do, and something that you continue to grow in day to day, year to year, throughout the course of a lifetime. And we're glad to support you in that work here at Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. Oh, thanks for joining us, friends. May the road rise up to meet you. Shine more.